go to the final four. Outside of my six children being born, this is the happiest day of my life. But I will say this to you, the game ball goes to this group back here. To our fans, yes! Right there, yes! It's time to go inside the press box. Presented by Dream J.P. Pirtle Realtors. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 502-384-1450. Now, here's your host, Nick Coffey. Good afternoon. Welcome inside the press box here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. I'm Nick Coffey, the creator and publisher of thecardinalconnect.com, welcoming you to a Wednesday edition of the show, as always, presented to you by Dream JP Proto Realtors. If you're buying or selling a home, there's only one call you need to make. That's Dream JP Proto Realtors, 458 2722. You can also check them out at jpsold.com. Uh, not a whole lot going on today. We're kind of just waiting around and waiting for these Sweet 16 games to start. Uh, not a whole lot of action other than Rick Pitino did have a press conference today to meet with the local media. He will, uh, of course, meet with the national media and I guess whoever else is there tomorrow up at Lucas Oil Stadium. I believe that is going to be at 1.30, maybe 1.45, something like that. And for those that are, if you are in the Indianapolis area or if you're, you're heading up there, that open practice, I believe, is at 2.10. Um, so if, if you are going up to check that out, um, it's at 210, and then I think, yeah, I think Patino's press conference is going to be around 130, 145, and I'm assuming it'll be streamed online um, or or at ESPNU.com, ESPNnews.com, one of those, something like that. But um, Patino talked a little bit today, and that's my question for you guys, because Patino, as you could expect, he's not, he, you know, he, he's like he does every opponent. He's he's very he's not taking them lightly, and he is talking about how great they are. I mean, he did the he he called Colorado State the best second round opponent he's ever had to face. Is that true? Probably not. Um, maybe it is. I don't know, but probably not. They are a well coached team. They can do a whole lot. But Patino's talking about how great of a team Oregon is now, and I do think they're you know, I don't know if they're necessarily as great as he's saying they are, but they're pretty good, and they they obviously do not deserve the 12 seed that they got, and they proved that by beating St. Louis and Oklahoma State along the way, and not only just beating them, he gave both those two Oregon gave both those teams their worst losses of the year. So are you are you really concerned about Oregon? Because I'll be honest with you, I, I'm always I keep telling myself let's not you know let's not get too far too you know too far ahead. Let's take it one game at a time. Focus on Oregon before you think about who you play next. Obviously, I don't my mindset doesn't matter because I'm not on the team. I'm not playing. But I mean, I find myself thinking more about who's going to win Duke or Michigan State because I've kind of just considered Louisville is going to get is they're going to get through. And maybe that's not the case. I mean, maybe Oregon really is legit. 502-384-1450 is the number if you guys want to get involved. That is the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. Once again, the number is 502-384-1450. The Oxmoor Ford Service is located next to the Oxmoor Mall. Great people, great prices, great service. That's a winning combination every day. And if you also want to get involved, you can text in at 502-414-1450 on the Lotus Gunworks text machine. And Bacon, the man behind the glass there, is taking your calls, and he'll read the texts off as well. And if you want to, you can tweet in at the Card Connect on Twitter if you'd like. Um, and Bacon, did, did you get a chance to hear much of Patino's press conference today? I did. I listened to the majority of it today. And some of the things, and I, I, I've talked about this probably almost every time Louisville has a game, and, and we talk about what Patino mentions about them. I, I kind of poke fun at it a lot about how he really, and I heard you doing it in your last show at the end. He kind of throws it out there and over exaggerates, but I guess that's what you have to do to keep your team focused to let them know that you know you can't you can't take an opponent lightly. That's a good good for him. It's good for him. It's good for his players to hear that he's taking this team serious and they are legit. But here's there's a couple of things that I've learned about Oregon over the last 
couple days. I knew they were better, and they 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 probably are a more talented team than the 12 seed that they got. But here's what I learned about them over the last two days that I did not know. I realized the Pac-12 is is not a strong league, and the NCAA selection committee obviously showed what they thought about that league when they gave Oregon that 12 seed and they gave a, a UCLA team a six seed. Um, but had it was a couple of late slip-ups from Oregon. They lost to they lost to Utah, who was a bad team. Any loss to Utah, regardless of the situation, injuries or not, that's a bad loss. Lost to Utah, and then they also lost to Colorado, who made the tournament. And actually, you know, I, I had Colorado get into the Sweet 16 in one of my brackets just as an upset because I watched them play a couple times, thought they were a decent team. But had it not been for those losses at the end of the year, Oregon would have won that league outright. Let's not forget that that Colorado loss and the Blizzard loss was that without the freshman say? guard Dominic Artis. I, I missed you there at the beginning. The freshman, the freshman guard Dominic Artis was not again not in, in the lineup in the Utah loss or one of the Colorado losses. Sure, yeah, and, and that he's a big part of and somehow not statistically it doesn't show it, but they are a lot better when he's on the floor. They've only lost two games and one of those was a triple overtime, so he makes a big difference. But this is a team that actually they've they have not they don't have that one win over a great team because they haven't really played a great team this year really. Um, their best wins are probably their first, their two tournament wins. To be honest with you, um, they did beat. I think they beat Arizona earlier in the year, which you got. I guess that I guess that's a good win. But when you look at Arizona's another team to throw in there. When you look at the seeds that those two that those three teams got, UCLA, um, Oregon, and Arizona, the the selection committee didn't think much of that league at all. And you know Arizona and and Oregon are left in the Sweet 16. And Bettino talked about how. And we'll get to more of his quotes and some other things as well from the press conference. I do want to get to the phone lines here in just a second. But Bettino talked about how. The Cinderella story is is Florida Gulf Coast, deservedly so, and LaSalle as well. But he also said that, in his opinion, this is the most underrated team in the tournament. Not only does he think that this is—he called it a coin flip game, which I that's the one comment that kind of struck me is, what? You, you know, you, How could this be a coin flip game? Louisville's playing as well as anybody on the planet right now when you look at the last two games, especially defensively. But my question to you, are you buying it? Is, is Oregon a team—and obviously— it's not fair to ask the question, is, Louis, is Oregon a team that can beat Louisville? We know if Louisville comes out and lays an egg, then they would get beat. I mean, they've lost to, to Villanova early this year. They've had games where they've not played great, but still been able to win. But is this Oregon team for real? 502-384-1450 is the number. Let's go to the phone lines. Kevin, welcome inside the press box. Hey, how you doing today? I'm doing good, Kevin. How are you? All right. I see you, see you having those nervous jitters. But, you know, don't, 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 don't fight yourself out of it about Louisville, about Oregon. And we all know Rick. But and don't get me wrong, I, I think Oregon's probably gonna be a good test of Louisville. But if you really look at something with that team, if you really look into it, this is actually a game where Shane Behind and and Louisville's front line is 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 much better way much better than, than Oregon's front line. And this is a game where I look for Shane to kinda of actually wake up because the matchup with him is is so much more favorable for Shane. No, I, I, that, I think that's a good point. But Kevin, my, you mentioned something that I didn't, I hadn't really thought about until you just said it. You think it'll be a good test for them going forward. You look back to the to the sweet to the Sweet Sixteen game when they played another Pac-12 team that was a 12 seed in 2009. We've talked about all the similarities between that year and this year. You want a good test. You don't want to go play somebody necessarily and win by 30 because then if you, if you win and then you play on Sunday, you could you know you need to be tested a little bit before you go on. And I guess in a, I guess in a way it's, it would be good for Louisville to get, to get a good test. I just don't want the game to be too close for comfort where I'm nervous the whole time. No, I don't think it I think in the first half it'll be a little bit a little bit closer than what we want it to be because that's that's typical NCAA games first filling out. And and I but I, I I'll be honest with you, I really don't think Louisville when it all 
toward the end, probably about the 12, 14 minute mark in the second half, I looked a little to run away against those guys. It's to me, it's I, I actually, I'm not lying, I've actually seen Oregon play, and up until a certain point of the year, they, they weren't playing that good. No, the, they it, weren't, and, and they're not a you know they're not an elite team by any means. But the only thing that really does scare me about them is that because they haven't really been, they have a you know they have a couple of downer losses on their resume. They lost to UTEP and they lost to as we mentioned Utah. But if you really look at their their, their talent, you know they haven't really had that true test. I guess here here's my point: the times they have played pretty you know pretty damn good teams, they've won. Which they're going to play another really good team on on on, on Friday night, and, and you know I hope that that it ends it ends well for Louisville. And I think it will. Um, I, I do think it's my mind playing tricks on me and me kind of just believing everything Rick Rick Pitino says. But it, it there is there's something to be said for the fact that he is making sure his team doesn't slip up and think that because this is a 12 seed, this is going to be some easy game. Exactly, and and another thing, you know, that I that, that a lot of that a lot of fans, little fans, we do, and a lot of people, we we and and I and I hate hearing it a lot of times. We worry about what the other team does best. You know, it gets to the point of think about them and what we do best, and we know what we do best. We know what we do best, and and there's nobody that does what we do better, which is play defense, and that's a fact. Yeah, and that's and that's a good point, Kevin. And I appreciate the phone call. That's something you just said there that I, that is, is right on. Louisville knows what they do best, and at this point, from what we've seen in the field, the sixteen teams remaining, if Louisville is able to do what they do best and play that way, doesn't matter what any other team does. If Louisville comes out and executes that way, it really shouldn't matter. They should be able to get the job done, and and they should be the national champions. I mean, a lot easier said than done. But if they can continue on the road that they're on right now. And I realize the competition is going to be tougher as as it goes, and that that's just part of it. But if you really go off what this team does defensively, I mean the national, you know, they they it's funny because you hear other games, the, the games going on in the tournament over the weekend, and they'll compliment somebody's defense and other teams, and they'll mention, well, you know, it's not Louisville's defense, but it's you know they do this well and they do that well, and that just goes to show you that this defense is it's it's something else. A little quick breaking news here for you, a little off the off the beaten track, so to speak. But as you always like to take the show off the did, beaten path. But we did, uh, and switching up the wrong cliche. But we did talk her about her yesterday. This just broke. Ashley Judd is now she is not running for the Senate. It's because so because she, she listened be to the show Louisville. yesterday. We gave her a little <laughs> smackdown. She heard what we thought about her, and she decided to back out. I guess we won't see too many Go Louisville card tweets from uh, Ashley Judd anytime soon now. Yeah, and, and, and let's just move on and not talk about <laughs> Ashley Judd anymore. 502-384-1450 is the number if you guys want to get involved. That's the Oxmore Ford Lincoln buzz line. The question is, are you taking, you know, I shouldn't say are you taking Oregon serious because you should. It's the Sweet 16. They're there for a reason. But are they as good as Rick Pitino says they are? That's the, that's the question. And a, another thing, I want to get to some much more uh, much more about this matchup later on in the show. But real quick, we're going to be doing, uh, if you've not heard, I just found out earlier today, on Friday, we're going to be doing live show out at uh, Bistro 42 in Prospect. I'll be on air from 5 to 6 out there, Bacon and Perrin. And I believe TJ Beisner is going to be out there. Uh, Beisner, I'm sorry, is going to be out there um, from from uh, three to five. Uh, do you do you know if they're doing the other shows out there, Bacon? Yeah, we will we'll be out. Uh, Mason Myers will be out at uh, Oxmoor. That's Ford right. Yes, from seven to nine that morning. But we will be the only one at Bistros. We get the the great food out of Bistros. They get donuts at Oxmoor. Ford. I'm love. I love Bistro Forty Two. <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that, man. Great place. Uh, great place to watch a game. I know they always have some entertainment going on out there too. So we're looking forward to that. So if you're out in that area, or if you just want to make the trip, get on out there to Bistro Forty Two this Friday. We'll have. Uh, the block from three to six. Of course, you got bacon and parent from three to five, and then I'll be on air from five to six for the pregame show, a live pregame show. They got. I think they're going to have some specials. I don't know exactly what they are, but um, I think they're going to have some specials on uh, for the you know 
pregame Louisville stuff. I don't know if it's going to be cheap, cheap buckets of beer or what. But well, last time we were out there, weren't we preceded by a American Idol candidate? We were. Yes, we I were. I was going to say last time I think we were out there together. And there's the, I've never, I've never been to Bistro Forty Two and had a bad time. It's a, it's yeah. my, one of my favorite places to do live shows. So make sure you guys get on up there and check that out. I do want to get to our break. We'll come back talk a little bit more about Oregon and Louisville, and also Rick Pitino, uh, one of his former players who's now a coach paid him a visit this week and uh, hopefully he can be of some of some assistance as Louisville takes on Oregon this Friday at 7 15 we'll be back make sure you guys stick with us here inside the press box presented to you by dream JP Proto Realtors You are inside the press box, presented by Dream JP Pirtle Realtors. To get involved on the show, call in on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz line at 502-384-1450. You are inside the press box presented by dream jp purtle realtors to get involved on the show call in on the oxmoor ford lincoln buzz line at 502-384-1450 welcome back inside the press box here on 1450 the sports buzz presented to you by dream jp purtle realtors if you're buying or selling a home there's only one call you need to make Dream JP Pearl Realtors 4582722. I'm Nick Coffey hanging out with you until six o'clock. Got about half the show left here talking about Louisville and Oregon. And before before we get into more of that matchup and, and talk about what both Rick Pitino and Steven Van Trees had to say today at the press conference, I want to remind you, make sure you pick up your 1450 the Sports Buzz golf card. We've got about 20 left. We had some more made just because they were it was they, they sold so well this year. We had so many, they were in such a high demand. We actually had more printed out. There's about 20 left right now. Make sure you get those six rounds of golf for $125. Glen Oaks, Polo Fields, Heritage Hill, Glen Mary, Jeff Elks, and the Woodhaven Country Club. You also get a golf cart included each of those courses. It's the cards presented to you by Play It Again Sports. And as a bonus this year, it comes with some great deals from the folks over there at Play It Again Sports. You can get your card at 1450thesportsbuzz.com slash golf cart. Make sure you guys check that out. And, uh, and now that we get back to the Oregon, the Oregon and Louisville matchup, and, and I've kind of calmed down and no longer, I'm not really on edge anymore and not worried and thinking, well, what if Louisville does? What if they do go down in the Sweet 16, which I don't even want to, we're not even going to go there. But they, that, that brings up a question, though. What is the reasonable expectation for this team? What, 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 at what point would you would it end and you be disappointed? Do they have to win a championship? And if they don't, you're going to consider consider a disappointment. I mean, I, that's 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 the question. I don't I don't think I could be. I think if they made a Final Four and somehow they played a great game and then and Duke played out of their I'm I'm sorry not Duke but Ohio State played out of their mind and won, maybe it would be different. But I think that if they don't win a championship, I think there is a percentage of the fan base that would, would consider, it, consider it a disappointment because a lot of people think the only thing stopping this team from getting it would be something Rick Pitino would do, which I think is kind of absurd, but there's a lot of people that think that because that this team is, is, is set to it, – it's right there in front of them. They just got to get it done. I, I'm one of those fans that says that. I, I think of national, anything less than national championship, I'm disappointed with the season. Now, last year, and is, but is it because you were so you, because you you've been waiting so long, or is it just because that's what you sh- that's what we should have by now? It, I guess my question is: it's because we are now thirteen years in with Rupertino and they don't have one, and this is the year to get it, or what? Because I, it's not necessarily that. I was I was very happy with make, just making the final four in 05. 
Oh, absolutely. Because, year, because oh, it had been so long since we'd been there. We, I mean, honestly, I had never seen a Final Four in my lifetime or a little. I mean, the closest I'd come to being a fan of a team and seeing a Final Four is when Ohio State, who I, I do like the Buckeyes to a degree, went 99. And that was the closest I'd come. So, so for Louisville, my favorite team by far to get there in 05, I was just ecstatic. But last year, getting to the Final Four, I got that taste. Now, now I've had the taste of meat, but so that t- But you got that taste because of some unexpected run that just... True. They got that run and they kept going with it. And it was great. It was, I mean, Louisville, in the, in the Final Four against Kentucky... There's such an opportunity there to not only get to the championship game, but to knock off your rival in the year where they have championship or bust aspirations. That was there, but you didn't really – losing to Kentucky in the Final Four didn't really bother a whole lot of Louisville fans, I don't think, because they weren't expected to win. Of course, you're disappointed. You're disappointed yeah. anytime your team loses. But here's my question. Louisville in 2009, they don't make the Final Four. I think if they'd have made a Final Four and not won a championship, despite being the overall number one seed, I don't think many would have thought that was a disappointing year. I agree with you. I'd have been happier. Another factor of why it has been national title is, is what you just said last year. Getting the Final Four was a nice taste, and it's gotten me to want more, I guess you could say. But the fact Kentucky finally got their ring and got their championship, and you hear what they obviously Kentucky has coming in next year, you have to, to kind of think about that in the back of your head. Louisville fans, I think, and myself being included, not only do I want to see one shining moment, damn it, I've been waiting 15, 18 years to see a Louisville one shining moment. I want it. But I think the fact is that Kentucky finally got that ring. Louisville now knows they need to get theirs and want theirs now. Well, see, and, and here's here's what's kind of bizarre, and I, that's a very good point because I sat in this this chair over the summer, used to do a, used to do this show with somebody um, from the Kentucky side, and talked Wasn't to me. <laughs> I talked about how that because that the pressure was on. that it, Kentucky just got one. Louisville has no excuse not to get there next year because they're going to have a great team, which they do. They've, they've met that so far with being the number 1 overall seed and, and playing that way in the tournament. And I thought, well, this is the pressure's on. They've got to get it done. If they don't get it done this year, when are they going to do it? I was saying that. And now, maybe because Kentucky's lost in the Elite Eight or in the, in the NIT in the first round, they had a terrible year. Maybe that kind of takes a little bit off of it. And I'm not ready to crown next, next year's Kentucky team as everybody. I mean, the, the guy who comes on and does a show after this said the other day that everybody else was playing for second place, which is just absurd to say. But that's that's a story for the summer and another day. But my point is Louisville fans, I think that they really honest I do think there are a lot of them that if they don't get a championship this year, then they're gonna be disappointed. And it's okay to be disappointed, but you still need to celebrate what you did this year. Um that said there really is no reason why they shouldn't win the championship this year, and you got to wonder if 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 they don't get it, maybe just it maybe just wasn't meant to be. You're a little younger than me. You've got a few years left. I'm just extra hungry for that title. I've been waiting so long through my life, and I guess as I said, a Final Four was satisfying in '05 and even last year, but now I've gotten that taste of blood. I want all of it now. I don't want just a bite of my steak from Bistro Forty Two. I want the whole <laughs> damn thing. A couple of texts in here. Will from the Ville wants to tell you, Nick. If you think you're nervous about this game, will you have a nervous breakdown if Kentucky plays Duke or Michigan next round? If Kentucky plays Duke I mean, or Michigan. Louisville, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going, what the hell? You got me um, thinking that, Kentucky. I will be I nervous, but the funny thing about those games are I get more nervous for the I guess for the for the week that you weigh. When you have the Elite 8 games, I mean you've got that little layover that's yeah. that's, you know, the, just one day. But no, I mean I will I, here here's the point. I think that with Oregon 
if Louisville loses, it'll be because they 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 messed up. It'll be something they did. I don't think Oregon at their best can beat Louisville at their best. When you get to Duke and Michigan State, I still think that's the case. Louisville at their best is better than both those teams. But you know it's going to be a competitive game. That's when you get to the point where you're there and you're you're fighting for a Final Four. Both teams are playing for the Final Four. It's not just to be where Louisville, you know, they, they've got to be able to play well to beat those teams. But I guess I guess the potential for a letdown. I don't think you. There's no chance in in, in hell that Louisville would play Duke or Michigan State in the Elite Eight and have a letdown mentally or anything, but there's a chance here. You're playing a 12 seed in the Sweet 16, but that is a good point from Will. DJ DJ also texts in and says, uh, it's hard to decipher his text, DJ. we got to learn how to do a little better texting here. <laughs> I'm trying, I've been trying to read it for the last minute or so to see how the best way to describe it, but the, but the best way I can shorthand what he said is, apparently Oregon would be a test only if Louisville lets them back in it. You are nuts. Well, I am nuts. That's true, That's DJ, <laughs> but... That that's kind of what I'm saying. That it it shouldn't be a test. This should be a game. And and even though if if Oregon is as good as Patino says they are, he didn't talk about how great his team was and how 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 you know how much they're going to give them trouble. So it shouldn't be a huge test. But it you'd like for it to be somewhat of a test and get you ready for the game that you're going to play two days later. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. 502-384-1450 is the number if you want to get involved in the conversation. Let's get back to uh, what happened today. Patino told us at the press conference that. Uh, which I I want to get I want to hear people's thoughts on this because I just think it's kind of it's 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 been known that it, it, it's been done a lot of times but I think it's kind of sleazy in a way. But Oklahoma State's coach Travis Ford, who previously played for Rick Pitino at Kentucky back in the day, who is now Oklahoma State's head coach and, and he, he's had a lot of success there. Um, and he he lost his season ended last week when he lost to Oregon, the team Louisville was going to play. And not only did they just you know get beat, they got pretty pretty much handled. And he came to Louisville's practice on Tuesday, and, and is kind of helping scout and prepare Louisville for Oregon. And and Patino talked about that today and said that you know if there's one thing you can that I can tell you not to do is don't watch him on film because the film doesn't really show you truly who they are. Which I don't understand what the hell that means, but he said it doesn't determine their speed and quickness that you you can't because of the opponent. Sure, I mean I I, I can see that, but I mean if you if you can't watch film on somebody, what can you gauge? Just, <laughs> you, just you don't really know how good they are until they play. I don't I don't I don't really get that. Um, maybe if we watch them play and beat your team, Coach Ford, we we then we could see how you know how quick he said, they are. He said he spoke nine to four, but five other coaches who have played against Oregon this year. On well, the and if you well. remember correctly, this happened to Louisville with Michigan State. Tom Crean. Came and talked to who used to work for Coach Izzo back in the day. Tom Crean flew in the night before Louisville's game against Michigan State, and um, there's been an assistant for Michigan State who's since left, I believe, that has talked about this openly, um, not like you know on the radio or anything. But it's here, here's the here's the word is that Tom Crean basically said, "No, this this is what you got to do to beat Louisville," and and put up this whole plan. And the Michigan State players said the night before the game that they just had this completely different game plan, and it. It worked pretty well. I think Louisville kind of just flaming out had a lot to do with their that with Michigan State's success that day. But whatever, whatever they threw at Louisville, Louisville really didn't handle it very well. And I guess that's what Patino's doing. And that's okay to talk to other coaches that you know and, and get some advice on it. But having Travis Ford at Louisville's practice, who coaches another big time school, was it's just it's just bizarre to me. Do you think he pretty much asked Travis all the things he would do and just went the opposite way? I don't know the result of their game against Oregon. Maybe because I've 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 made it pretty clear. I don't think Travis Ford is 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 a, is a great coach I but agree with you. um he's you know who knows i mean he's getting paid a whole lot of money down there in oklahoma <laughs> state but um and and steven van Trees also spoke to the media today and and, and van Trees is actually maybe just because he's older more mature and relaxed he's actually turned into one of the better interviews in the locker room or at a press conference because he's just he's just what you get is what you see he's very very you know very much himself 
Um, and some guys get nervous. And Bacon, you and I have talked before about how you really don't get a whole lot when you talk to players after games much. And it's really with coaches either, unless they're gonna, unless, you know, unless they're really upset and gonna just go crazy. But um, Van Trees kind of talked about how, and, and Patino also praised Van Trees, but how when he comes in now, they're not just playing him to give Gorgie rest. He actually gives them you know, gives them a boost and said that he's the best rebounder, the best screener, and he runs the floor better than anybody on the team. And I think that's true. I don't think you get as much low post offense with, and you really don't get a whole lot from Gorgie, but you don't get much at all from, from Van Trees unless it's putbacks and he's kind of the garbage man just cleaning up down low. But um, Van Trees is going to be, I think this is a game where he, and not, not, not just him, but the entire front court for Louisville is going to be tested. I thought they'd be tested against Colorado State. They were, but they came out and, and they, they still only out-rebounded Colorado State, I think, by three. Um, but Oregon has got a big front line. And, you know, the, the big guy, the, 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 the foreign guy, what is his name? I can never pronounce it correctly. Kazimi. 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 Something like that. He averages like 14 rebounds a game. He's averaged 16 in, in the tournament. And he's going to be. We averaged ten during the season, sixteen during the tournament. There you go. He's he's going to be, uh, you know, a load to stop. And then, you know, Tony Woods. We talked about him. I don't know how much he, he actually is pretty pathetic at rebounding, but he, they've got some size. Uh, and, and overall, but one thing Patino said that I thought was interesting, and I actually I did a, on, on the CarterConnect.com, I did a rundown uh, of each region before before the, the actual tournament started, and you know, surprise players. And, you know, guys who, you know, you can keep an eye on. Who, who knows how the good the team's going to do, but this guy's a lot better than you think they are. And Patino actually talked about one of those guys today that I had for Oregon that was in that in that breakdown for the, for the Midwest region, and that's Lloyd. Uh, what is his first name, Bacon? Talking about Jonathan Lloyd? Yeah, Jonathan Lloyd. He little said that guard. Little, little short guard that, that, that comes in and gives him a lot of energy. Patino actually said he, he almost does exactly what Russ Smith did for Louisville last year off the bench. He comes in and just gets it done. I haven't watched this guy play other than the brief amount of time that I watched you know, Oregon in their first two tournament games. But, you know, he was just, the way he was talking about Oregon, and maybe, like I said, I'm, I'm guilty of always just buying into what he's saying. But, I mean, is Oregon really that good, Bacon? I mean, I watched them in the Pac-12 tournament against in their, their two games against uh, UCLA, and I watched them in one of their Colorado losses, the one without artists. I mean, they, they have talent. They play up and down, like which feeds in a little of the turnovers, like Patino said. A lot of them is mostly not because they're just a bad ball handling team, but they play – it's because of their pace. It's not just they're a sloppy team. And that's one thing I noticed because their their turnovers, they turn it over more than any team from any of the big six conferences. If we mentioned the SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, all those, the big, the ACC, all those conferences, Oregon averages more turnovers than anybody in those leagues. But if you look at their turnovers per player, how many each player averages, it's just two here, two here. It's not one guy that just can't handle the ball. It's just they play at a reckless pace and turn the ball over a lot. And, I mean, you've seen Louisville win games and, and play great, but yet they'll still have 12 turnovers because that's 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 what they do. They try to get in that up-and-down style. The one thing I'm worried about most is that Oregon isn't a great – of course, Patino said not to be, 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 be fooled by the Pac-12 using being a soft team. It's a physical team, and they are a, very, they are a physical team. They're an aggressive team in terms of – the stats show that this is a team that gets to the free throw line a lot – and that does scare me a little bit about possibly getting the fact of getting Russ Smith or even more importantly, Siva in foul trouble. Yeah, and, and if they do get in foul trouble, I think if it's one or the other, I think you'll be okay now, especially with how good Lowell's bench is. But you don't want this to be a game where Oregon's living on the line, even if you're able to keep you know the, the foul the fouls balanced between all your players because Louisville doesn't benefit from a game being that slow and, and people spending a lot of time at the line. But the, yeah, like, like I said in the first segment, the, the biggest quote that I took away from this whole thing was Pitino basically just saying, 
um, this is going to be a coin flip game. And, and he said, it, he said, I know we are the, the we are one of the one seeds, but Oregon is really, really talented. And that's the thing. Before they, before I knew Louisville played Oregon, before I expect, and I didn't expect Oregon to make this run to the Sweet 16, I knew they were talented because they've got a guy like Dominique Artis who is. His numbers don't necessarily jump off the charts at you, but for some reason or another, they are a lot better team when he plays. They've got the Kazemi guy who is, is is very tough. He'll play in the NBA one day. And then you look at their other, I mean, Singler, EJ Singler, who's the younger brother of Kyle Singler, who used to play for Duke. He's They've been got, struggling in the tournament a little bit. The big thing is... The, Singler? Is the, yeah. He has. I looked at his numbers as well. Yeah, he's, for some reason, just not shooting well. The big guy is the freshman. The other, Of course, they started a freshman backcourt with all their seniors on the front line with Singler and company, but the freshman backcourt of Dotson and, and Artis. And Dotson's a guy that's been on fire. Yeah, the last couple of games, and he's really been explosive. At six, you talk about five. Lloyd coming off the bench for them, and yeah. they've got they they do have talent. At six foot five, I I worry. I I, don't, I, don't, I trust Russ Smith's defensive abilities, but he's giving up a lot of size in a one on one matchup, possibly against Dotson, and that's where Ware coming off the bench with his length and his size, bigger size. I think it can be a real big key in this game going against the freshman guard. And the bench has been, you know, the bench has been a huge part of why Louisville's had their success. And and you got to wonder if that was to slow down, if you were to stop getting. Those kind of results off the bench, you know, what, how much would this team change? I think it would be a lot. I think their bench has, has, has played the biggest role in in their recent success and the balance between uh, you know everybody that they have. It's 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 it's. I don't. I think there's it will be a tough matchup for anybody in the country. And I and I look at. I mean, Patino did a really good job of just kind of spazzing me out because if you look at what Louisville does well and what this team doesn't do well. And and look at the results and look at them on paper. Yes, they're a talented team. They've they've made it to the Sweet 16, but Louisville should not have a whole lot of trouble. Um, I really, you know, I'm, I don't want to overlook Oregon, and I don't think a lot. I don't think anybody necessarily does. But I'd be lying if I said I'm not already thinking about potentially playing Duke or Michigan State. And I do want to spend the last segment talking a little bit about that, and also want to talk about some spring football because I've been uh, so busy keeping up with this tournament run. I I haven't got a chance to get out to many of the spring practices, but I have been keeping up with them as best I can. I want to get to some of that. On the other side, before we take our break, I do want to talk a little bit about um, the the fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz app for your smartphone. If you do not have that, I know I, I, we we've talked about it all the time, and people for some reason still know that it's out there, but they don't download it. You need to download it. Just open up your smartphone, fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz. All you got to do is just search for that. It's in the iTunes App Store or the Android Market. That app is powered by the folks at Insuramax. Give Chad or Alan Hennessy a call at four seven nine four zero eight five for all your home, auto, and life insurance needs. Once again, that is Insuramax. And it's available in the iTunes App Store or the Android Market. And also, a reminder, you can also stream the show or the station anytime at 1450thesportsbuzz.com. We'll be back. Phone lines are open. 502-384-1450 is the number. Make sure you stick with us here inside the Press Box, presented to you by Dream J.P. Proto Realtors. You are inside the Press Box, presented by Dream J.P. Pirtle Realtors. To get involved on the show, call in on the Oxmore Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 502-384-1450. You are inside the Press Box. Presented by Dream J.P. Pirtle Realtors. To get involved on the show, call in on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 502-384-1450. Welcome back inside the Press Box here on 1450, the Sports Buzz. Presented to you by Dream J.P. Pirtle Realtors. I'm Nick Coffey, hanging out with you until 6 o'clock. 
502-384-1450 is the number if you want to get involved in the conversation. Spent a lot of the uh, the time on the, sh- the show today talking about Louisville and Oregon, uh, who will play on Friday at 7.15 up in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium. Rip Catino basically went to the media today and put his team on upset alert, basically talking talking about the great opponent. That's just what he does. That's part of Rick Pitino. That's part of his approach. Um, so I, I'm not too concerned. Um, I will say that, that you definitely don't want to take a team lightly in the Sweet 16. They did get there for a reason, but I'm really not overly concerned. Um, I, I actually be lying. I'm more concerned about who they're going to match up with Duke or Michigan State. That's where Bacon and I disagree. Uh, he'd rather play Michigan State, who I just think is average at best, and uh, no, I'd rather play Duke. I, I oh, think, okay, I'm sorry. You, yeah. you, you. I think I would rather play. I guess what I should have said. You think Michigan State is better than Duke, and you That's wouldn't it. want to play them. I don't want to play Duke because I don't want to play Shashevsky. I don't want to. I don't know if Louisville would do a great job at turning over Duke's guards. Michigan State's guards, on the other hand, maybe maybe you know Gary Harris is a guy who can shoot a little bit, but I think Louisville would give them a nightmare. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, Trice and. Uh, What's the other guy's name? Well, Appling. Appling, who's, yes. Who's been those, injured, yeah, no, they're just they just seem kind of kind of suspect to me. And then speaking of Rick Pitino's press conference, it, it, because like the boy cries wolf. I mean, because he says this about every team. How much can you really decipher through the the horse manure to figure out what's truth and what's just a nugget of crap? And welcome to my world. I'd yeah, never, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never know. Um, and well, it's funny because guys like it's like dealing with the wife. Are you sure you're happy, honey? Oh yeah. I'm happy. Go out and hang out with your friends. Yeah, that's, that's no a, problem. You know, never you never will win in that type of situation. But with Co- with Larry Eustachie last week, his his press conference after the Louisville game, I mean, he's he is as entertaining as it gets when it comes to just being you know what you get is what you see. He is a you know he's had a train wreck of a of a personal life in his coaching career. But you know he said after the game that we were as prepared as we could be for Louisville. We were we we did everything we could to prepare. But you can't what they do. In the game, you can't bring that in practice and try to have somebody, you know, go up against that for for practice. It just that you can't. Nobody can emulate what they do. You can't judge them by watching them on film. Yeah, you whatever the hell that means. <laughs> what the hell's Travis Ford mean with that? You can't judge them by. What do you get? What do you get to judge them off then? You judge them off their numbers. They look even worse. You better get out west and watch them play a couple times live. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Moving on, I want to talk a little bit about spring football. And it's when Louisville basketball is doing as good as they are. You know, you never want to turn your attention completely away from from the Charlie Strong football program over at Louisville, but, you know, basketball is going to take the, you know, it is basketball season, and it's, it, it is as big as it gets during the Final Four, Sweet 16 run, whatever you got around here. But football uh, is underway right now, and not a whole lot really going on. There are a lot of players who are who are out with injuries, uh, minor injuries. I think uh, Rocco Gasparro said last week that he, although there are guys missing some spring ball, they he, they expect the entire roster to be healthy um, by the time that uh, by the time the, the, the fall starts, which is good to see, um, Teddy Bridgewater, you know the, the you know I think the main guys are 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 participating, but there's a lot of guys on defense that are out right now. Eli Rogers on offense is out, um, but another guy who is not with the team this year that we kind of talked about before on the show, and I got a lot of I got a lot of crap from some people for saying this, but I pretty much knew when I was in New Orleans that Jeremy Wright was not going to be coming back for his senior year. When I said that. A lot of people say, "Where the hell is he going to go? Not going to go to the NBA. He wasn't even our best running back, and you know, he where is he going to transfer?" NFL, you, know? you mean? Yeah, he's not going to the NBA either. Yeah, shouldn't. Yeah, he probably <laughs> won't go to the NBA either. Good catch there, Bacon. Um, yeah, he probably won't go to the NBA, but, he, but he's trying to go to the NFL. And you know, a lot. Of, I expected once this, once the whole dust settled, and I give, I'd be honest with you, I like Jeremy Wright quite a bit, but I can understand he made the decision that maybe coming back for another year and you know going to one semester of graduate school maybe that's not in my best interest because you got to think with Dominique Brown who was supposedly you know coach uh, 
Coach Kenny Carter talked about how great he's looked recently. Dominique Brown's going to be back and healthy. You got Snores Perry coming off that ACL injury, probably going to be close to 100% right around the time the season starts. You throw in Corbin Lamb, uh, who showed some potential last year, and then Brandon Radcliffe, who was a redshirt freshman. It, he, they, they're very high on him as well. Not that Jeremy Wright would just be shifted to the back of the line there, but he would be splitting a lot of carries between a lot of guys. And how much better is he going to get? He did already graduate. He didn't want to come back to school. I figured he would, he would end up leaving Louisville, weighing options, and then deciding that he was going to transfer to a school. I mean, think about it this way. He rushed for 84 yards against Florida's defense in the Sugar Bowl. On that stage, I'm sure there are a lot of BCS schools who are solid, but yet they don't have a lot of depth and don't have a lot of talent at running back that, w- that would pick him up. But he decided he wanted to go pro. Uh, he, I, he has hired an agent. He was at Louisville's Pro Day last week. And I think he and Adrian Bouchel were the two biggest bright spots at the Pro Day, as you could expect. But uh, Jamie Wright, is he, he's, he actually had a workout with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers earlier this week. And something that kind of hurt him, which I kind of thought the whole time, was that one-and-a-half to two-month gap after the season had ended, I knew – you know, I knew, but I couldn't. I guess what I say is doesn't make it official, obviously. But I knew he wasn't coming back. I knew he'd left. He left when he left Louisville to go to New Orleans. His his backs were packed to not come back. But he he decided not to return for his senior year. I knew that was going to happen, but no NFL teams knew that. Nobody knew that he was available and that he was out there. And turns out, you know, t- teams are just now finding out that he's uh, he's on the board and he's you know he's he's coming out and going to try to give give pro football a shot. But he worked out earlier this week um, in front of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then he has an, he has a workout a private workout scheduled um, in early April, April tenth, with the Seattle Seahawks. And I tell you what, I don't know where he would fit in the NFL. I do think he's very talented. I th- I was more high on Jeremy Wright than a lot of people. Uh, although you know, I think he had a he showed a lot of upside as a as a redshirt freshman backing up Blau Powell, especially in that Syracuse game on the road. Uh, I thought it's the upside. You know, he was his, his potential was through the roof. Then as a as a redshirt sophomore, he had a lot of injuries, had some fumble problems. Didn't Victor Anderson took a, took a lot of the carries that year because um, Wright Wright was hurt. I think he was you know I think he only played six or seven games. I could be wrong somewhere around there. He was banged up, and then he had a really good year last year, but he split a lot of carries with Snores Perry, and Snores Perry probably is more of a big play running back more than Wright, but Wright put on about 25 pounds in a two-year period from freshman to, to junior. He he did, you know, he had, um, I think it was 800 and 824 yards with 10 touchdowns. I I, I don't know where, where he'll fit in the NFL. My only concern, I think he's got the talent, I think he's got the speed too, but my only concern about him is, is he big enough to be an every down back, a guy who could literally take that, you know, week in and week out, all those carries, because that's what kind of happened with him. The beginning of this is a perfect example. The beginning of this year, Jeremy Wright was kind of, you know, he got off to a great start against Kentucky. He and Snorris Perry both did. As the season went along, of course, when Snorris Perry went down, his workload picked up a little bit, but he kind of, he seemed to be kind of wearing down as the season went along. Of course, you gave him a, you know, a month break between final game of the season to the, to the Sugar Bowl, and he played pretty well. I, I have a tough time seeing him being a, a, an NFL veteran, but I certainly wish him the best. Uh, do you think he's got much of a shot in the NFL? I, I thought so. Or the I was NBA? Surprised, I was kind of surprised. <laughs> yeah, he might get a better shot in the NBA. Uh, I was surprised he ran like a 4-4, I think, at the pro day. I kind of thought of him to be a little faster than that. Maybe you said the weight he added on kind of slow. But 4-4 is not a bad time when you look at running when back. People, that's, people didn't really – I don't think anybody noticed how much bigger the guy got. You go back and he watch did. highlights from his freshman year, the guy – now he's kind of a bulldozing kind of back, which I don't know if that really necessarily – um, Hurst, but look at Bilal Powell. I don't think Bilal Powell's that fast, and he's no, he's, he's doing not. pretty well. He's, he's, he's been a bowling ball, maybe even a starter. I like the Tampa Bay looking at him. They're, of course, getting rid of 
uh, Legariat Blunt and, and moving around some people over there, the, even though they have the the killer hamster or whatever the hell they call it, yeah. <laughs> the kid from Boise State. But I look at the carries. I mean, you talk about being a workhorse, 211 carries for Jeremy Wright last year, despite missing the games that he did. Before that is his freshman and sophomore year, 59 and 73 in those two respectfully, so almost twice as many carries. And and in Charlie Strong likes to run the ball. That's he does. that's well known. And one thing that's about splitting time. Yeah, and Jeremy Wright as as this past year, he he I think he had like he's his second half his numbers don't show that, but if you watch that game, I think he had like four yards on 13 carries in the first half against Florida. I mean, he couldn't, Louisville couldn't run the ball at all, but they kept going with it. He kept getting crushed, and eventually, once Bridgewater made them respect the pass, then after after a while, then the holes opened up, and he ended up with 84 yards. I mean, I, I thought his second half performance was huge. I think he ended up with two touchdowns in that game as well. But his biggest problem is one, the fumbling, obviously, and two, can he be can he be blocking out of, out of the backfield? I know Perry usually was in the third down, and that's what's helped Blau Powell in the NFL. Yes, he is exactly. good at he's a good at blocking. Those are the two big keys for him getting in the NFL. And real quick, before we get out of here, almost out of time, I do want to mention Devontae Parker, who I think he's a lot of people's favorite player. Um, supposedly, he has been you know he's been great since he's been here at Louisville. Supposedly, he is he is turning the corner and getting even better. Uh, Vance Bedford tweeted out last week after practice that Devontae Parker is the best receiver. in in the country. Pretty bold coming from a defensive defensive coordinator who I guess his team is having a tough time stopping him. So um, I, I, I think he is just one of the many guys who has a very, very bright future. I think we'll see multiple guys from this Louisville program playing on Sundays down the road. We're out of time. Thank you all for tuning in. Once again, a reminder on Friday, get on out to Bistro 42 in Prospect. We'll be live out there from 3 to 6. Make sure you guys get on out there. We'll be back tomorrow on air here in studio from 5 to 6. This has been another edition of Inside the Press Box presented to you by Dream JP Pro Realtors.